We know you're seeing all the Mother's Day gift guides everywhere. And while we usually do some Didn't I Just Feed You version, this year we have the one perfect Mother's Day gift that works for everyone, even our last minute shoppers, mylifeinabook.com. Mylifeinabook.com is a unique service that turns the life stories of people you love into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send your gift recipient a question via email. These can be pre-written questions that they provide, or you can customize the questions the way that I did for my mom. Your recipient can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature. Mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. I'm really excited to be creating a book with my own mom this year, and I can't wait to hear some of her childhood memories, what it was really like raising three kids as a single mother, and how she's enjoyed becoming a grandmother, too. And when the book is done, you'll have a beautiful keepsake for her and for you, too. You can even choose to have an audiobook created from the recordings. It's easy to sign up, and the process is automated, so you don't have to worry about missing a week. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code D-I-J-F-Y at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code D-I-J-F-Y for 10% off today. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard, and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with Byheart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is Byheart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like an early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. Even kids who don't love to eat love to cook. And it's no wonder. The kitchen is a fantastic place for kids to flex their independence and learn in a real-life context. Plus, it cultivates healthier and more adventurous eating habits, which we parents like too. That's why we're such huge fans of our sponsor, Radish, a cooking kit for kids 2 to 14 years old that sends illustrated recipe guides, activities, conversation cards, a patch, and even a kitchen tool to your doorstep every month. This holiday season, give the gift of bringing a family together in the kitchen to experience the fun of taking risks, getting creative, and maybe even making a few mistakes together before enjoying a delicious, well-earned meal. To learn more about how Radish subscriptions work, what's included, and pricing options, go to radishkids.com. That's www.radishkids.com. I completely agree about getting them to cook things that just aren't sweets and inviting them into the kitchen more often just to help a little teensy bit with dinner because there's so many ways to minimize the mess that might happen if kids are there. And I do think that the payoffs are so great in the end that it is worth it. Hey, I'm Stacy. 
And I'm Megan, and this is Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding families because, man, kids need to eat a lot. And frequently, too. Hey, Megan. Hi. What is going on? You know what I was doing right before we started recording and is very apropos of this episode? I was going through my photos on my phone to make my Christmas shopping list. Your photos? Do you, yeah. Do you do this? Whenever we're out shopping with our kids and they want something and they can't have it right then, which is often, we say, oh, would you like me to put that on your Christmas list? And we take a picture of it. I used to do this with my kids. So wait. Okay. So explain why you do this. I'm going to say if we do it for the same reason. I do it to because I read this somewhere so long ago that part of like kids wanting something, whether it's like to stay at the park longer or wanting a toy at the store is this idea that like they can only have it right then. And so taking a picture of it so that you can remember what it is acknowledges that they want it and also reminds them that just because they can't have it right now doesn't mean that it's not possible for them to have it in the future. And it helps teach them delayed gratification. That is totally why I used to do it. And it actually was so effective that I started doing it with myself. (laughs) I'm serious because I would like be like, oh my God, I love this so much, like a pair of shoes or something. And I was like, I wonder if I'll like this tomorrow. Yeah. And I would take a picture. And if I – sometimes I would even forget to look at the photo. And if I remembered like four days later, I was like, ah, I didn't like it that much. So not going to bother buying it. Yeah. it's And sometimes just screenshotting. You know how I get sucked into the Instagram ads? <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> so I'll sometimes screenshot stuff and then see if I want it later. But for the kids, it's actually like super – it ends up being super helpful that like in November and December when I'm thinking of gift ideas, I can go back and look for the photos that are pictures of toys or books that they've wanted throughout the year. And – some, I don't, like, organize them in a album, which I probably should. So, like, today I was looking at location. So I was, like, get you know how you can look at your photos based on where they were taken? Yeah. So I was, like, zooming in on the map to find, like, Target. Like, Target. <laughs> totally. <laughs> in our little bookstore that we go to regularly. And Hi. that works. Yes, Target, we take sponsors here on Didn't I Just Feed You? <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> So now I have like most of a gift list, but I'm excited to hear from Karen because I need a few more ideas. I love that. Karen is our guest today. We'll tell you all about her in a second. That is so, so smart. Awesome. Well, speaking of gifts, before we introduce Karen, I want to know what's on your wish list because we're going to be talking about kids. But let's just just spend like a minute on ourselves, shall we? In lieu of what we're digging this week, what we want, what we hope to be digging. This is like so – I feel like this is so – like a little bit silly, but I really want a little milk frother. We talked a couple episodes (laughs) ago about how I've been drinking more matcha instead of coffee. And like it's – sometimes it's fine to – pull the blender out, but sometimes I would just rather just like stick a little milk frother blender right in my cup and get it done faster, drink my matcha faster. So that's on my wish list. What about you? What's on your list or what are you digging? I have to tell you that I actually prepared something for what I'm digging this week. And it was a gift 
a prior holiday season. Okay. So I'm just going to go with that. Because, yes, people, I do prepare for these recordings. Um, uh (laughs) I think people know that and expect that. Yes. Um, So a pizza stone. Okay. A pizza stone. A pizza Mm. stone. So let me talk to you about this. So here's why I think it makes a good holiday gift. Because I think it's the kind of kitchen tool that someone doesn't buy themselves. Yes. Because I think that it's the kind of thing that you think you're going to use like twice a year, right? And for a long time, it was the kind of thing that I only used twice a year. (laughs) Um, Because even when I would make pizza more frequently, I just would put it on a sheet pan, to be completely honest, when I'm making it with the kids. But recently, actually, after our episode with Tracy of Shutterbean on meal prep, which we'll link to in the show notes, which it's still one of my favorite episodes of the I whole season. I think it's one of our listeners' favorites. It's episode eight. Yeah. I know that one off the top of my head. So good. And it's actually changed so much about the way that I've cooked in the last few months. I have started ordering more pizza when I order pizza, like on a Friday night, especially like if the boys are having a sleepover, um, I'll order two or three big pies. And then I'll freeze pizza, like two slices in a like wrap, saran wrap. And then I put them in the freezer. And then I started using my pizza stone. I'll just keep it in the oven some weeks. (laughs) And I'll heat up the oven And then I'll reheat the pizza on the pizza stone. Brilliant. And it gets so crispy and delicious. It's so much better than just reheating it in the oven. I mean, way better. Like, please don't reheat your pizza in the microwave. And then because I was keeping it in the oven, the other day I made fried chicken, just fried Mm -hmm. chicken thighs. Mm -hmm. And then I had some leftover and I was like, "Eh, who's going to eat this? It's so like soggy leftover. And then I was like, wait a minute. I have the pizza stone in the oven. I heated the pizza stone and then I put the fried chicken thighs that were sitting in the refrigerator for two days on the pizza stone and it worked beautifully. Like it didn't get crisp like it was right out of the oil, but but it, still it was great. Like definitely for a sandwich, it was great. So now I'm using it for all kinds of things and I'm realizing it's actually a much more practical thing than I realized. And I will say that even though it's a little bit large because it's flat, it's pretty easy to store. So it's not like a blender or like an Instant Pot or a rice cooker, all these things, which actually I have all three of those things and love them. But it's not one of these like big new appliances that, you know, you have to find room for. So pizza stone. I love it. I want to add that storing your pizza stone in the bottom of your oven, especially if you have like an electric oven that doesn't have the cow rod in the bottom, is really great for creating sort of a heat sink in your oven when you're baking, especially if you have an oven that fluctuates its temperature a lot, like if you have an sort of an older one, because it retains so much heat, it helps regulate the oven's temperature. So it's actually okay and sort of good to store your pizza stone in your oven if you have the space. See? Oh my gosh, I love it. So people, add a pizza stone to your list if if this appeals to you. I think it's great. Yes. And one more thing, sorry, because I geek out about (laughs) these kind of things. There is a new product called a pizza steel. Oh, yeah. So it's made of stainless steel and it's much thinner. So you can store it like if you're really tight on space and you want to have the uh, like same benefits of a pizza stone, but you want something that's flatter. They weigh about the same, honestly. 
they're just as dense, but they're thinner. So pizza steels are another great option if you're looking for— Have you for, used one? Yeah, I have two, and I love it. You do? I, yeah, I replaced one. my pizza st- stone with a pizza steel three years ago. Do you like it better? I like it better. I like that it is easier to store because I, okay. I do have an electric cow rod in the bottom of my oven, so I can't store it in okay. there. I like that it's— like very flat and narrow because it heats faster. Like, oh, if I forget to stick it in the, you know how you preheat your piece of stone? If I forget to do that, I can just slide it right in. Okay. How long does it take to heat? Uh, You know, the longer the better always, but at least like 20 minutes while the oven's preheating. But this is the other benefit of the steel versus stone is you can stick it under the broiler. So you can like move an oven rack really close to the broiler, preheat your oven as hot as it'll go with the pizza steel. And then right before or right after you slide your pizza in, you can turn on the broiler so it cooks like a pizza oven, basically. Super hot and fast for that sort of like classic Italian pizza style with super thin crust and super bubbly edges. Yeah. So pizza steel. Interesting. Okay. So on. On our show notes, we'll put our favorite. We'll put a I'll put my favorite pizza stone that I'm and I'll put, in put love my with. favorite pizza steel. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let's get to talking about more gifts. This time for the kids, people. We spoke with Karen Cicero today. Karen Cicero is a senior editor at Parents Magazine. She's in charge of all the fun stuff over there, including the new Pack This Lunch column, which you know we love. She's also in charge of the nutrition, feature stories, children's books, and family travel. She lives in Pennsylvania with her husband and daughter. So let's welcome Karen. Yay, hand clap, hand clap. So here's a really important question. What do you look for when shopping for gifts? I want to know how I can tell right off the bat whether a gift is going to be beloved or it's a total dud. So what I try to do every year is think about the gifts from last year and where they are now. So I go to my iPhone and look because we're always taking pictures of our kids opening gifts and try to recall what the gifts were. And then think, is that gift being used? Is that gift stuck in the closet? Is, you know, was that gift sort of an experience that was treasured? And that helps me determine what gifts are going to be a hit this coming holiday and which ones are going to be a dud. Okay, that is genius, Karen. That is so genius because it's true that like you get this idea of like, oh, my kids are going to love this. And then like it ends up in the closet and then they like play with like the box or Mm -hmm. like the penny all year. And you're like, why? And I think as parents, sometimes we get more caught up in the hot, the quote, hot gifts than our kids do. Yes. And we want to get that hot gift for our kids. But then when the time comes, they open the gift, they might have this momentary happiness that they got it, but it isn't, doesn't provide any long-term enjoyment. Which is what we're all after. And Absolutely. I'm so guilty of that. I look at a lot of the gift lists and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that seems super cool. And so sometimes I'll put things in my cart and then wait a couple of days and reevaluate it when I'm not just like excited to be reading the gift list and think about whether that toy really works for our family and whether it's going to be something that my kids are going to enjoy. I also like online shopping is wonderful because I read all the reviews and you Mm -hmm. can hear other parents' experiences, whether their kids played with something for a long time and are still playing with it years later, 
or if they opened it and played with it for a short time. Yeah, I think that part of it has to do with us wanting to like feel great. I don't know. It's like you want that spike, that high of like, I did it. Like like for that minute, for me, like I spend so much of the year being that parent who works really hard. I'm never that parent who is – so invested in being the best friend. You know what I mean? Like I have a really good, solid relationship with my boys, but I'm like, no, we got to brush your teeth. Like, no, we got to like eat your vegetables. No, we got to, you know? (laughs) And during the holidays, it's like, I just love that feeling of like spoiling them. Yeah, you get to be super cool mom or dad at Christmas time. And so it's like, yep, I like totally surprised you like 50 Xbox games. I mean, that's like total exaggeration. But like, it's fun to be like completely uncharacteristic. But that does end up leading me down this path sometimes where I go for that like super hot thing that gives me that like spike of adrenaline and gives them that spike of adrenaline too. But like, it's not the thing that they end up like really sticking with all year long. It's just that like momentary high of like, oh my God, that's so cool. But like, eh, you know, three weeks later. You know, I was just like you for a very long time. And then I started to realize that that spike of adrenaline, that like over the top happiness that they have can come from experiences. Yeah. So it doesn't just have to be like opening the gift that day, but it can become from all these amazing, very cool things that you can do leading up to Christmas, places that you can take them, um, you know, that have like over the top kind of fun things to do, or even just like putting together a gingerbread house and inviting a couple of their friends over. Yes. I last year for my six-year-old set up a Christmas day scavenger hunt for some mm-hmm. of her smaller toys. She's really into those LOL surprise oh, dolls, right. yeah. which like when you wrap that, it doesn't seem very grandiose under the Christmas tree. So mm-hmm. we made a little scavenger hunt. Like she opened a small box and there was a clue in it and it led to another clue. And she still talks about that a year later, like how fun it was that there was a scavenger hunt on Christmas morning. And that toy, that LOL doll is like in a bin under her bed and never played with again. But the experience <laughs> of searching for it mm-hmm. um, made that gift more memorable. And we do, we love the idea of giving experiences, whether it's like classes or movie tickets or things like that. We do that a lot for our nieces and nephews too. It's funny. One of the best gift experiences that we've had as a family is that the boys and I actually put together a scavenger hunt for my husband for Father's Day. And the boys still talk about it. We did something like you just described, Megan, where we put clues and we put them around the house and we send them a roll around. And, you know, it ended with something like pretty like small. But they loved being a part of that experience of putting it together. And, you know, we're just now that they're older, especially Isaac, who's 12 and doesn't really want toys anymore, except for like video game stuff. And we just really, I made a joke about 15 Xbox toys, but in truth, we really are trying not to gift screen time stuff because screen time stuff is such a battle during the year 
that it really would just undermine a whole year of <laughs> trying to limit screen time to then like gift it. So we're starting to make the shift to experiences for him. And that's just sort of like bleeding over into Oliver too. And actually for his birthday, which just recently passed in October, Oliver's birthday, the younger one, he's really into Harry Potter. And oh. we just found a safe that opens with a code, like a digital code that he can put in. And we just put Harry Potter stickers all over it. And we put a couple of charms in there. And I have to admit, I've never read the Harry Potter series. Shh. I don't think but you should tell people that. I know. I feel, <laughs> I feel sad about it. Um, but Mike is reading it with Oliver. Mm -hmm. and Mike has read it several times over. So apparently, like, I don't know, Mike had this whole storyline about how the safe is like his version of something in the book and like made this connection. And like, that was his birthday gift. And he thinks it's the most precious, amazing thing. Oh, that's you amazing. Know? So like- we're just starting to make the shift. And so not just receiving gifts that way, but also involving kids and giving gifts like that too, I think is very cool and meaningful for them. Absolutely. Do either of you follow the sort of like gift mantras, like the something they want, something they need, something to wear, something to read? Do you have a quota or like guidelines that you follow for gift giving? I don't. I don't either. I have a lot of friends who do just what you said, though, and it really works out well for their family. I think it's hard if you didn't start that way um, Yeah. to all of a sudden make a change in what your family does. Um, like If you did make the change, I think I would make it in a gradual kind of manner. I also have another friend, and I've always wanted to do this. Um, instead of giving gifts or they just gave very small gifts, they went on a trip the week between Christmas and New Year's. So they went to Orlando and they did Universal and Harry Potter and they did Disney while they were there and the kids just loved it. So they spent all the money that they were going to spend on Christmas on a vacation. So when you combine your vacation budget and your Christmas budget together, you can really go somewhere pretty great. I think that's such a great gift idea for older kids too. Like how Stacy's mm -hmm. saying her boys have kind of outgrown mm -hmm. toys. Giving a gift or a bigger experience is a great way to one, avoid clutter and also just like keep the holidays about what they're about, which is spending time as a family. I don't want to go too far down that pathway talking about, oh, we should spend less and buy less without also talking about some of us do need gift ideas, <laughs> <laughs> myself included. So Karen, I'm wondering if you could tell us like about maybe your favorite gifts to, that you're excited to give this year or that you're excited to see p other people receive this year um, for kids. And then we'll talk about for other adults in our lives too. I just want to add too, though, that Karen, I'm excited, especially for gifts related to getting kids in the kitchen, getting mm -hmm. families in the kitchen, because I think, obviously, this is didn't I just feed you, mm -hmm. that that kind of ties together with 
experiences, you know, and that it's, it can be practical. There are some like nice, small, very affordable gifts that can be really fun, but also have this practical side. And we had some recent episodes where we were talking about how important it is to get kids in the kitchen, that it teaches them practical skills, but it's also really fun. It's a really great bonding experience. So for us, I think that that's like a really great segue into gift giving. We're biased, but it's true. (laughs) Well, I love that. So let's start with a couple of stocking stuffers. Oh, yeah. I love stocking stuffers. So... We were talking about Harry Potter before and how your son is a Harry Potter fan. My daughter is obsessed. She's a Ravenclaw. Last year, (laughs) we walked into Williams-Sonoma and there was like a container of like spatulas on the counter and the only ones that were left were Slytherin. (laughs) I'm Slytherin. He made me take the test and I'm Slytherin and and he was like, oh no. no. I was like, what's that mean? (laughs) It's bad, right? It's it's evil, yes. Ooh, I'm evil. <laughs> so this year, William Sonoma really expanded its line of Harry Potter merch, and um, all the spatulas from all the houses, no matter nice. what house your kid is in, are um, in stock. And what's nice about them this year for little kids is that they're smaller than a standard size spatula. So they're almost like a kid size. Awesome. And they also have these really fun, and I hope my daughter does not listen to this because this is going to be one of her gifts, is they have these cookie stampers um, where you can make cookies in the shape of the different Harry Potter uh, house crests. That comes so in a set cool. of four, but they'd be so awesome for parties and sleepovers because each kid could just take whichever house they were in. I guess we're stuck with all the Slytherins. I'm not sure, but <laughs> so I just love that. Just uh, there's aprons and there's just there's so much in that line that's fun, and we have so many kids or so many of today's parents grew up reading Harry Potter, and now they're reading it with their kids and I'm making a whole new generation of Harry fans. I love that. I love that. Oliver would love the cookie stamps. I definitely want them for her. So then there's Wilton, which you know I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with from all their baking, has another really nice line of kitchen gadgets, kids cooking gadgets that are brought with the person, Rosanna, Pancino, from the Nerdy Nummies YouTube channel. Oliver's also obsessed with her, loved her first book. Oh my gosh. Although, well, I wish Megan probably could make stuff from her book. He was like, can we make this? Can we make this? And I'd be like, um, sure. (laughs) We can do it together when I'm in New York in December. Oh my God. Stuff with him. You'll like, you're already like, he's met you once and you're ready, his favorite person, but like that will put you over the edge. Well, you know, that's my goal is to be everyone's Yeah, well, there you go. You win. You win. Aggressively helpful. Aggressively helpful, Megan. (laughs) Okay, so what new thing is she doing? They have a unicorn cupcake decorating kit. Oh, fun. Which is like super cute and they give you all the stuff you need it. And it's small enough to actually slip into a stocking. And I feel like even if you're not a pastry chef, like most of us moms aren't. <laughs> um, <laughs> Raising you can, hand. 
you can do this like and your kid could do this they also have some really cute like measuring spoons measuring cups chips to go on the end of a like a pastry bag with you know um to make different designs just i, I think they have like over 50 items in their line so it's just worth going online checking them out seeing what they have that your kid might like and that you already don't have. I love the idea that they're practical. And when kids are in the kitchen, I think they like to have their own stuff. Like you have your stuff, they like to have their stuff. Totally. And I like the fact that they're real. I mean, obviously if your kid's really little, you know, the pretend food is great, but there comes that age and it's, it's not when they're too old, when they recognize that something is pretend and something is real and they want the real deal. Totally, I love that. Another thing I love for slightly older kids is an ice cream mixing set that's sold on the Uncommon Goods website. And if your kid is a fan of going to Cold Stone Creamery or Marble Slab Creamery and getting like an ice cream flavor and then having mixed in a lot of stuff, this cooking tool can let you do it at home. It's basically a slab that you put in the freezer and then it has different compartments for your toppings, but you can go sort of on the healthier end of things. So instead of mixing in chocolate chip cookies or brownie bites or sprinkles, you could mix in fruit like berries. One of my daughter's favorites is mixing raspberries and chocolate ice cream or chocolate frozen yogurt. Mm. So if you have a kit like this, you're not limited to what they have at the store. And this is also something that I think would be a great kind of sleepover or sleep under if they're not staying over kind of activity. That's Looking so at fun. this, it wasn't what I expected when you said it was an ice cream mixing set, but it really is like a cutting board with a marble slab in mm-hmm. it and two of those little spades that they use at those ice cream mixing places. And so you could also put like frozen yogurt on there yeah, or even yogurt and freeze it. I just think this is so fun. And also I love that the mess is sort of contained because it's all one piece. Absolutely. And it gets personalized. Yes. So you don't have to decide, you know, which flavor no one has to get the same flavor. Um, I love that it's a little activity. And I kind of feel like this will grow with them too. Like this is something that they're not going to outgrow. Like as an adult, I would like this. You know, this is something they could take to, you know. I know, I'm like, I think I could give this to someone who's on my secret Santa list. I won't say who, (laughs) but, you know, we do a family gift exchange for brothers and sisters-in-laws. And I, there's someone in my list who this is perfect for. I feel like it'd be great even for adults. Like if you wanted to like kick it up a notch, like with a like ice cream of the month, like pair it with something like that, a mail order. And you have like a, that's a big, nice grown-up gift. Really is. Like that's awesome. Yeah. With or like you doing like Jenny's ice cream month, yeah. uh, monthly or something like that. Yeah. Totally. That's like a, that's like a blockbuster gift. That's awesome. Great find. So another idea we had, you know, it's little kids love all kind of like the pretend kitchens, the play kitchens, but you might not have enough space to keep one in your house or your apartment all the time. And there's this set called a popover stove set where you put this fabric over a chair and it becomes an oven. 
that kids could use to do all their pretend cooking. So you don't need to have that, you know, big oven taking up the space in your family room. You can, you, you know, you can take this down and put it up. That's so smart. You could also take this with you to restaurants (gasps) and to other people's house who don't have kids. Genius! I never thought of that. Yeah, something to like keep your kids busy and like not having to just sit down the whole time. Or when you travel, like a summer house, instead of bringing like tons of toys, Mm -hmm. you have to go to the like a beach house with your family, like a rental that you all do together or something. I remember bringing like bags of toys, (laughs) like. This is such an easy, like, portable thing. This is a little bit of gift for ourselves if we give it to our young Yeah, kids. there you go. <laughs> I like the way you think, Megan. The gift of peace and quiet. Yes. <laughs> Always good. A lot of kids love the Disney princesses. Anna yes, and Elsa my daughter in particular. Included. Yes. Okay. So shopdisney.com, which is uh, like the Disney website with all the merch, has a waffle maker, an Anna and Elsa themed waffle maker. And the waffles are in the shape of snowflakes. (laughs) They are super cute. And it just, it's a tiny waffle maker. So it doesn't take up tons of space in your kitchen because you might already have a waffle maker. And like, why do you want another one? But this is so cute. And then you could use like, this is an idea. Like if your kid loves Anna and Elsa and the snowflake idea, you can make whole grain waffles or, you know, put some, some healthy mix in with them or some healthy topping on them to get some more nutrients in them. Or you could, Megan, what would you put on the waffles? Sprinkles. Oh, sprinkles. <laughs> Love it. You always. could. Blue and I'll white to match white, the frozen Rainbow thing. sprinkles. Also, I love um, this gift because if you have a kid who likes to be in the kitchen, a waffle maker or like a small appliance is kind of a nice place for them to start um, dealing with hot things because they're not having to turn on the oven or the stove by themselves. And obviously they would use this with supervision, but it's a little bit safer because it's smaller and they don't have to reach over anything. They can bring it kind of close to themselves and scoop the waffle batter in. This is terribly cute. And now I'm just like filling up my Christmas uh, list right now. mental cart. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm just going to say as someone who has two children who are never into the Disney princesses, that I believe it's at Think Geek. I'll throw it up on our show notes when I find it. I've also seen a BB-8 Star oh, Wars cool. waffle yeah. maker too. So okay. my daughter would be as into that as yep. she is into the Anna and I'm Elsa. Sure, I'm sure. I'm just saying for the. I just I, as much as I tried. <laughs> Actually, we saw Disney on Ice mm-hmm. funneling out the audience funneling out of Barclay Center, which is the big stadium in Brooklyn, the other day. And Isaac, my 12-year-old, nearly 12-year-old, was like, do you remember when you forced us to go on Disney on Ice? Because you were like, (laughs) everybody likes Disney on Ice. And you made us at the front row, and I could see all their makeup on up close, and it was so frightening. And I don't like princesses, and you were trying to make me like princesses because you were like, everybody likes princesses. It's not just a girl thing, and you were making a big point. And he went on this long tirade, and I was like, oh, Okay, I get <laughs> the point. I just want everyone to know that I tried. You, you did tried your best. You did try. Being even-handed. So I'm not saying that he didn't like the Disney princesses because he's a boy. I'm just saying as a human, my two boys didn't like the princesses. 
So BB-8 waffles for them <laughs> and any other human who would prefer BB-8 waffles. Moving on, Karen, what okay. else do you got for us sure. today? <laughs> um, if your kid goes to Starbucks with you or oh, another yeah. coffee shop. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking. And wants to be a barista, likes how they mix the drinks or is kind of curious about that. There's a new toy out. From creative, it's called Creative Cafe Barista Bar. You can buy it at like Target.com or you know whatever your closest toy store is, and it lets them kind of froth milk and then um, stencil designs on top of the milk, so it looks super cute. It's like it's a nice way to get if your kid doesn't really like to drink milk very much. It's a nice way to get them to drink milk, but it's just kind of fun to do. And it's like another activity if you have play date or other kids over or siblings want to do it together or you're in the kitchen making something and maybe they want to make you something. Maybe they want to froth up some milk for you. And it comes with real like flavors. It does. Like powdered strawberry yeah, and powdered chocolate so they can flavor it and make designs too. Also, I want this for myself. I've <laughs> I was just going to say that. I was like, let's not take up time with me saying that. I but know. I want it for I've, myself. I've had... I I think I might have even put it in our Didn't I Just Feed You listeners group asking people if they had a little milk frother that they like, like for making matchas yeah. mm-hmm. and hot cocos and stuff like this. Like another gift where I'm like, oh, I kind of want that for myself. <laughs> but we can I'm share give it to with the our kids. kids. Yes, we can we share, share with, with our, our kids. kids. <laughs> They're always taking our stuff. We can take theirs. Yes, <laughs> I like it. Why not, right? Kind of to go along with the whole kind of flavored milk thing, Target has this super cute hot cocoa kit. And it's part of like their Wonder Shop line, adorably packaged because the it has three different kinds of cocos, like a milk chocolate, a dark chocolate, and a white chocolate. And then it has three kinds of toppings. And they're just packaged in these super cute glass jars that look like stars. Adorable little kit um, for when And that would make comes. a great neighbor gift too. Like you could mm-hmm. take parts of it and parcel out like one of the toppings and one of the cocos and put it in a little a cute little bag for your mm-hmm. neighbors. Absolutely. Not just the kids. kids. Not just the kids. And you they could make you a cup of cocoa, which, you know, is more for us. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I like how you're thinking about how we can get our kids to do labor for us in the <laughs> kitchen. I appreciate that deeply. <laughs> So this next idea is to get them sort of started on cooking when they're really young. So when they get older, they can, you know, help us out. Like my daughter started in the kitchen when she was like two, but now she like seriously helps at Thanksgiving. (laughs) So it does pay off. Okay. It does. It does. So Radish has these super cute cook and play placemats. For preschoolers and there are three different designs and they have recipes one has a recipe for blueberry muffins another has a rainbow pasta salad another one has abc chips and guacamole and it's, you know they they're functional as a placemat but they're also inspirational to get your kid to want to help make some of these things and teach as you're in the kitchen. I mean, you can't forget that in addition to making all this yummy stuff, like being in the kitchen is like a great learning tool for math 
and practicing motor skills and learning numbers and letters and fractions. Karen, it's so funny that you included (laughs) Radish because they are our sponsor this month. And we, both Stacey and I, are planning to give Radish their cooking kits as gifts to other people. And this is a new product from them that we both also really love. Um, they're, they're easy to clean. but So I feel like I should just disclose that Karen did not know that we, Radish is our sponsor, and she picked this just because it's something that she's excited to give this holiday season. Absolutely. And I also really like, we have tried the cooking kits too, and we like those as yes. well. That's awesome. So you have tried them with your mm-hmm. kid? That's uh, great. Yes. They're great. And a couple other editors on the parent staff have tried them too. So we all, we're all big fans. Yay. So are we. And we Uh had tried them before we worked with them too. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we think they make fantastic gifts as well. It's nice how it all works out like that. Yes. It is nice. Speaking of getting kids in the kitchen, before we wrap up, do you have any cookbooks that you're excited or they don't have to be cookbooks, but like books that are food related that you're excited to give this year? Absolutely. There is a new kids cookbook or a cookbook that you would cook with kids. Uh, it's called Bean Sprouts Kitchen. And Bean Sprouts Cafe, it's written by the people who operate Bean Sprouts Cafe. And it's a cafe that's in that's healthy oriented. It's in children's museums and other attractions throughout the country. And I would call it more of a play with your food kind of cookbook. It's like really fun ideas and fun and quirky names like one recipe is called whoopsie daisy (laughs) you know another one is itsy bitsy biter (laughs) like a little itsy bitsy spider sandwich so it's just kind of a cute really clever kind of fun thing and it's really good if your kid is not the most adventurous eater spin through the book see what they think looks fun and then try to make it together with them you don't need a whole lot of cooking skill to make the recipes in this book so i think it's like accessible to everyone i love to give books like this with um a little set of those like page tab post-it note kind of things Mm -hmm. where the kids can go through it and put a sticker on the pages that they love that they're excited about and then later you can go back and make them together absolutely and then there's another book called cooking class 57 fun recipes kids will love um, by Deanna Cook. And this is for kids, I would say, you know, who are about seven, eight and up, who can really start to do some things on their own. And there, it, the book itself is really beautiful. I mean, it looks like the pages, you know, were incredibly photographed out of a magazine. And they have just fun little recipes for like breakfast Sundays or like cute ways to arrange fruit. Just little, like they had a cat pizza we made out of the book once. Just super fun, very visual things to do. And I think, you know, someone like in third grade and up would be able to read it and also execute some of the recipes. Yeah, cooking class is one of my favorites. I think Stacy and I both have this book and cook from it, and we would second your recommendation. I want to add that it has um, like a, a spiral binding mm-hmm. inside of it, which yeah. this seems like a really small thing, but when you're cooking with kids, if they can't keep the cookbook open, it can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. And so that spiral bound spine is so awesome because you can flip it right open and the pages are nice and sturdy so when you do get ingredients on them which will happen they're easy to wipe clean and if your kid loves that book Deanna actually wrote a follow-up called baking class too 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's a great follow-up. But I love that you chose cooking class to start because I do feel like people tend to start with baking projects. Mm -hmm. And the idea of getting your kid in the kitchen to start with savory cooking is, I think, really powerful because you'll find that kids are just as engaged and excited at the prospect of cooking savory foods. It's very empowering. They're much more likely to eat what they cook. Mm-hmm. Even if it's vegetables, you'll be really amazed at what they'll what they're willing to cook and willing to eat. So, you know, hand that over and see what happens. So I love that that's your choice. Thank you. I completely agree about getting them to cook things that just aren't sweet and inviting them into the kitchen more often just to help a little teensy bit with dinner because there's so many ways to minimize the mess that might happen if kids are there. And I do think that the payoffs are so great in the end that it is worth it. So there's one final book. If you don't want to give a cookbook or or the person you're buying for already has some cookbooks, there is a picture book that we love called A Big Mooncake for Little Star. It's like a bedtime story that's written almost like a lullaby. And it talks about a girl who longs to eat a mooncake that she baked with her mom. She takes like a secret bite every night. And every night there's a new phase of the moon. And the author wrote about it because her favorite holiday is the Mid-Autumn Moon Festival. Chinese holiday. Just a great book to teach kids about different cultures, too. It was one of our um, best diverse books of the year, a feature that we had in the magazine. Oh, and it's a beautiful so book, too. It's beautifully mm-hmm. illustrated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Karen, we're going to put links to lots of your gift suggestions on the Didn't I Just Feed You website. And also we're linking to some gift guides on parents.com. So if people need ideas, For Black Friday and Small Business Saturday this weekend coming up, they can look for all of your recommendations there. That sounds great. We're so excited that you came on, Karen. Thank you so much much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Completely enjoyed it. Well, thanks to Karen, my shopping list is totally full. (laughs) Stacey. Stacey, do you have a try this at home for us while I click buy on all these things? I do. Besides shopping. Shopping aside. (laughs) um, Okay. So if you belong to our Facebook group, which I hope you will join, we'll tell you all about that in a second. You guys know that I recently just handed in the manuscript for my second cookbook and I have been like a crazed lunatic. So drawing from our episode with Tracy from Shutterbean, which I mentioned earlier in the episode, um, that was episode episode eight. Is that right, Megan? Yep. I have been doing tons of just meal prep and just like throwing super quick dinners together. I have a feeling that in the coming weeks with all the holidays coming up, okay, so we just, either you're listening right before Thanksgiving, literally right before Thanksgiving or right after, but we've got Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's and holiday parties and this and that. I have a feeling you guys are going to be feeling really crazed and busy too. So one of the lifesavers in my kitchen recently has been poaching chicken. 
and shredding it and keeping it in the fridge. I mentioned making tostadas a couple of episodes ago. That's one thing. But like tacos, enchiladas, a quick chicken salad for dinner. I mean, I can't even tell you the millions of like 10 to 15 minute dinners that I've been able to make with poached chicken. So I'm going to throw up onto our show notes my recipe for poached chicken made with boneless, skinless chicken breasts and also with, which I like a little bit better, bone-in skin on chicken breasts. Okay, you can do it either way. The boneless skinless happens a little bit faster. But either way, you're not taking more than like 30 minutes on a weekend and you can have like four to six cups of shredded chicken waiting in the fridge to save you on your busiest weeks. That is so smart, especially because you don't have to then like plan for rotisserie chicken. You don't have to deal with leftover bones from roasting a chicken. And poached chicken stays so juicy even when it's refrigerated and reheated, which is another reason it's a great meal prep recipe because you can like simply reheat it and not have to worry about it being dried out. Totally. I mean, that's the big benefit is that rotisserie chicken bought at the supermarket is going to dry out much, much faster. Also, though, it's way more affordable. And right now we are all bleeding money. I'm sorry. There's no (laughs) other way to put it. It's the holidays. We are all bleeding money. Let's just say it like it is. So it is just so much more affordable. And, you know, listen, I'm I'm sure we're going to talk about it at some point soon because I just wrote a whole book about chicken. (laughs) But if you bought a whole chicken and broke it down and then poached the breasts, it's I mean, even that's cheaper. how you're going to save a ton, a ton. But, you know, we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, but, we'll know. talk about budgets in January yeah. for sure. But So let's start a thread in our listeners group about meal prep that's like cheap and easy for the month of December. Love because that. I think we all need that. Great. And so let's talk about our listeners group, facebook.com backslash didn't I just feed you that gets you to our main page. And then there's a group listeners group. Super secret password is whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Join. You go. It's only for people who listened all the way to the end. Like you guys, which thank you so much for doing. We love you and appreciate you. Now that you've listened, we do want to listen to you. What do you want us to cover? Have questions? Email us at hello at didn'tijustfeedyou.com. You can also find us on Instagram, like Stacey said, on our Facebook group. But more importantly, if you enjoyed listening to us, please tell your friends about Didn't I Just Feed You. Leave us a review on iTunes. We love and read all of them, and it makes such a huge difference for us when you subscribe and review. Thank you to our editor, Jeremy Enns, and the team at Counterweight Creative. Our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Diamendo. This is Megan. And this is Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Happy Thanksgiving. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.